0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Seam Ahead. I'm your host, Zo. I am back in the H now. If you can see my little wall in the back, you know, now I'm back. But my other boy on the other side, Mr. Cantu, he's always been in the H. How are we doing?
1: Good, good. Uh, how was New York? How was the trip?
0: New York was good. New York, New York. What can you expect? Uh, went to check out City Field, went to check out Yankee Stadium. Um, Baseball-wise, out of the question, I mean, Times Square, Rockefeller Center, um uh, pretty views out there, especially for the 4th of July. It was really nice uh, just to get away. Different weather. I'll say that, too. I mean, the humidity down here with the 90 degree heat, you know, I'm used to it. But up there, I mean, man, it felt great and it felt good. 70s, 80s, um, just beautiful weather. Only had one rainy day, so. Great trip to New York. But hey, we're back in business. We're back in the age. And of course, we're going to be talking about Astros baseball. And the Strohs had a little mini sweep of episode 108 mini sweep. We're going to title it because it was just two games against Colorado Rockies. Astros took care of business that they should have done. And they did. And they did that just that uh, with the pitchers of JP France and Brandon Belak. I mean, it was a phenomenal piece of pitching performances from them and then the offense as well. But Angel, I'm already getting ahead of myself. Give me that one word and describe the series.
1: Oh, it was a well-needed series. The Astros climbed the Rocky Mountains, like you said. It was a mini-sweep. But it's always good when um, you come back from a tough series against Arlington and then you get a little – we got hit a breeze, right? Like the Rockies haven't been so good. And it's good just to um, get a few wins out the way. It's like beating up that little brother years, yours, you know, like beating them in a basketball, you know, competition because, you know, you to dunk over him every single time. Mm-hmm. It's basically like that. So it was a well-needed ne- well win. The um, the Rangers did lose to Boston, so now the Ashes are two games back. So it's, that's always good.
0: Yeah, it is uh, two games back, and then the All-Star break's coming up soon. Astros have four more games before they head out to Seattle. And just to let you know, I'll be at Seattle for the All-Star game, representing FSA and the Astros, of course. Uh, Maybe I'll see some of y'all out there. Maybe I'll bring some prizes, uh, interview some of y'all fans, get y'all perspective of who's going to win the Home Run Derby, who's going to be the All-Star game MVP, and your thoughts on the second half of this Astros season coming up soon. But other than that we won't talk about that we'll talk about that later at the end of the show. Angel, let's do our shout outs man. We got to do the shout outs of like course it. against them Colorado Rockies and my first shout is going to go to Brandon Beleck. I mean well deserved. Well deserved uh nominee really just I mean he's on the board for us for the shout outs. The Astros bullpen have been depleted. There's no question about that. I mean the Astros organization needed somebody to step up and that man was Brandon, and it'd be like that sometimes. Seven innings pitch, two hits, zero earned runs, four walks, four strikeouts. He threw 96 pitches, and 57 of them were strikes. Best start ever in his Major League career. I'm going to say that with full confidence because he has had some good starts. He's had some shaky starts, but this one right here, when the Astros really needed the most, especially that bullpen who's been pitching every single day since that St. Louis series, well-deserved guy right here to grab that uh, shout-out. And then the next one I got to go to was from one kind of guy being the Meyer leagues. This one's a rookie. This one's a Houstonian, by the way, uh, whose house go Cougs. Corey Jokes, six four eight with a double, and RBI, a stolen base, and a walk. Tuesday, he had his first four-hit career game, 14 stolen bases as well, as he stole that base on Tuesday, tied with Kyle Tucker for the most stolen bases on the team right now. So, I mean, Corey Jokes is just continuing to prove the Astros organization, why he should stay in Houston, why he's a good asset to this ball club, why he needs to be getting some playing time, of course, with the outfield depth that we have with him, Jake Byers and of course Chas McCormick as well. So shout out to them, two guys out there pitching and offensive. Um, kind of shout outs right there, Angel. I know you got two of yourself. Let me know how you think about them.
1: Yeah, b- before I announce our like my shout outs, but I want to go back to Brandon Beale. We mentioned in the pod, like in our po- previous podcast, how this start was a chance for Brandon Beale to go off against the Colorado yeah. Rockies, and we did. We had the over under. Where we thought we both thought we can uh, he, he can go over six innings and he did he went mm-hmm. seven, right? So just letting you know, we know we we kind of know what we're talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, I don't know, you know that little shrug, right? So, um, but yeah, we'll talk about Brandon B. Lake again as the podcast goes on. But my shout-outs are Yanni or Diaz, two for six, two home runs, which was yesterday, three RBIs. And he also threw out runner trying to steal it. Like, I think he has a great percentage of throwing out runners who are trying to steal. A lot better than Maude. Uh am afraid to say, you know, Yannir Diaz is holding his own on the defensive end as well. And he's only the eighth rookie in Astros history to hit 10 home runs before the All-Star break. Jeremy Pena was one of them. Hunter Pence, Lance Berkman, just to throw out a few. Like uh, some good Astro
0: names out there.
1: Definitely. And then J.P. France. Another quality start. The only difference is he did get that run support this time around. Again, six in his pitch, six hits, three earned runs, one walk, and four strikeouts. He threw 102 pitches. 68 were strikes. He lowered his ERA to 3.26. And that was his seventh quality start, fifth in a row. So JP France has definitely found it. And, and he's finally against some good teams. against St. Louis. Um, he didn't pitch against Texas, right? No, it was just St. Louis.
0: It was just St. Louis.
1: I think he pitched against the Dodgers as well, too. He did.
0: Um, I mean, he's been a good war- road warrior out there, too. Mm-hmm. His ERA is, I mean, really phenomenal right now. I think it's, what, 313, 310, something around there. Um, like I had said before, last podcast, we were talking about him being very important to the starting rotation, and for him to step up in a big way when you know all these starters are out with injuries. He's just done a, fan- a fascinating job, especially this first half of the season. And really, I, I think I can speak for both of us. I We can you know, we can barely see. Like, we're we're very excited to see him pitch this next yeah. half because it's going to be really, very interesting to see what he's going to do.
1: Yeah, and all of these good starts are just building up more confidence for maybe postseason, like for that postseason pitch. Because um, I think JP France has done enough to be in the postseason roster, even to maybe get a starter, like uh, like a starter two, or not come out the bullpen. But like Lorenzo was saying, the All Star break is 4 games away and i feel like the astros are m- much anticipating the Oscar break to get some some of their injured players some rest time so they can be back on the field and starting with jose atuve again he was taking back as you may all know he was taking batting practice right before tuesday's game um when he kind of tweaked his oblique is what they call it right so he had um, oblique discomfort so this is per chander rome it says Tuesday, Arturo was taking batting practice. Neither walked out of the dugout with Joe Espada. He was scratched out of the lineup with a left oblique discomfort on Wednesday. Is word Arturo... again. Yeah, discomfort. discomfort. It's a big word. Big word. Big, big word for sure. Wednesday, Jose Arturo is going for an MRI. Dusty Baker said. Dana, and then Dana Brown spoke about Arturo on Wednesday. And this is what it said he's going to be evaluated more tomorrow. He came in today feeling a lot better. We don't feel like it's the same type of injury as the other oblique that he had. So that was good news. We're in no rush. We are in no rush to rush him back and have him prior to the break. So again, there's no rush. Jose Altuve is a veteran. He knows his body, right? So mm-hmm. do you think we see Altuve in this Seattle Mariners series after the words from Daniel Brown and what you've seen from the situation?
0: Honestly, I'm hoping we don't see him in this series. Let him rest. Let him recover. Then he got that uh, little off period, too, for the all-star break to recover. Let that oblique recover. I mean, like you were saying, he had an injury. What Dana Brown had said, he had an injury prior. I mean, way earlier in the season like that in June. I don't know if it was that same oblique being in it's the upside. Okay, it was the opposite. Okay, well, still, I mean, them, them injuries, like you say, come – you don't know how to kind of monitor it or anything like that. So just let him rest. Let him recover because that's at the same time, too. It's going to be very important for all the Astros players to be healthy for the second half of the season if they're going to want to win that AL West division title.
1: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I don't think we see him um, against the Mariners. Jose Altuve needs to rest because it is a long season. And honestly, there's no rush to bring him back. When you got mm-hmm. the likes of Marisol Dubon, who can hold yeah. his own, who has hold his own when October was at oh, the yeah. beginning um, of the season. You got Jeremy Pena back um, yesterday as well. So there's no need to rush him back. I think the Astros take their time with him. Again, there's no pressure for Houston to rush him back just because Dubon has been such an amazing piece to the Astros, a solid infielder. He's get, like, he's bringing out Marwin Gonzalez vibes. like You know you can plug him <laughs> in anytime, anywhere, and you know you're going to get something good out of him and he came in clutch yesterday too as well he had a um rbi single to extend the lead and give the astros a little breathing room but moving on to jordan alvarez that's a big bat that's missing for the lineup you know and i think we're talking i I don't know if it was on air or off air but we're talking about how jordan alvarez if he doesn't get hurt he's he's an mvp candidate for sure like he was on pace to um Battle with Shohei Tani for that MVP, uh, for the AO MVP. But this is what they had to say for Alvarez: he stood in the batter's box, just tracking pitches during Jose Arquidi's live batting practice session at Minute Maid Park. There will be a discussion about a possible rehab assignment when he gets back from the All-Star break in Seattle. So, I think, I, I think I did read he is going to Seattle, but he's, he's, he's not going to play. He's not going to play. Just, yeah, he's mm-hmm. going to be enjoying the festivities. Over there, but what really st- uh, it, it, what was really interesting to me is that he's tracking pitches. So, like that, life repeat. Because if you remember during spring training, the Dodgers did that with uh, Vargas over there where he couldn't swing the bat, but they threw him in the batter's box either way just to track pitches, mm-hmm. get a feel for the opponent's fastballs, see the movement on the breaking pitches, you know, just to get a feel for what's to come. So, that's really good. Um, and that kind of gives Alvarez a chance to not miss a beat when he comes back. As you saw during spring training, he he stormed into the league, even though he was out for the majority of spring training. So that's a mm-hmm. good thing. That's a good sign for him. And then Michael Bradley. Again, we just talked about him two days ago or three days ago. It says Brandy has been shut down for baseball activities, per Dusty Baker. This is what he said. They shut him down for a while to calm that shoulder down. They're going to give him three or four days where they don't want him to do anything other than maybe run or keep his leg sharp. We had to shut him down. Now, this is Dana Brown on Sports Talk 790 on Wednesday. It's not like before with Michael Brantley and his shoulder. Not the same extent of discomfort should only be a three-day shutout, still expecting him to play in August and September. So now Dana Brown has given us this timeline. uh, Timetable. Timetable, there you go, of when to expect Michael Brantley back. So AV said August and September, so that's giving me late August vibes or early September. Even mm-hmm. mid September, right? So yeah. It's still up in air. But I think this can be like a little blessing in disguise for the Astros because if you can get Michael Brantley back one hundred percent in September, he's gonna be fresh, his legs are gonna be ready. That's a that's a good bet to have in postseason. So mm-hmm. um again, just taking the time with him. Do you have anything to say on to that?
0: Okay, I was gonna have a question for you. Um you know, since they gave us the timetable right there, they, they said play him in August and September. Are we seeing the Astros going full at the trade deadline, full bat? You know, of course, I think the Astros' starting priority is going to be be a starting pitcher. But after that, do you think they're going to go after a bat still? Even though Dana Brown just said a timetable of August and September for the Astros to go get somebody at the deadline.
1: Yeah, I believe so, because that is a guarantee. So, yeah, you can have Michael Brantley back in August and September, but what if you don't pick up somebody? Like, like you gamble, say, oh, yeah, to be good and healthy. But, and what if yeah. he's not? Like, what if he re injures that shoulder? So, mm-hmm. I still think they do get a left handed hitter in the trade deadline because you can never have too much offense productions. You saw um, how Dusty Baker's been mixing in the outfield with Jake Myers, Jokes, and Charles McCormick and, you know, shifting things around. So, you can never have too many offense production. Just look at the Braves. I feel like everybody's producing over there. Even the bench yeah. guys come up and produce like nothing. So I think they still get somebody. It's just it'll, – it'll be a great addition to have. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think it, they're going to have to do that still regardless of Michael Branley's future. Um, I, I can honestly see Michael Branley in that Carlos Beltron role from 2017 that he didn't even play that much. There were some games he did play. But he was kind of that mentor on the bench and that that vocal point at the clubhouse because everybody's going to need that. And Michael Bradley did that last year, if you remember the World Series against the Phillies when they got blown out against uh, Bryce Harper and them. I think it was, what, game three or game four? It was game, game three. three. Mm-hmm. They had that conversation, and Bradley was one of the guys being very vocal about, you know, if we've done this, there's no you know turning back. There's no going back about to, uh, 2021. Yeah, I think you need a veteran guy like that in the clubhouse, even if he's not or you know, if he's playing or if he's not playing. So like you said, it could be a blessing in disguise too that he could return to the lineup. But I really highly doubt we're gonna see a lot of him play due to this injury that he's still, you know, dealing with.
1: Yeah, because you're right, because they might take it easy, you know, maybe play him two days in a row, give him two days off, you know. So again, the futures that it's great that we got some clarity, but the future's still kind of uncertain for sure. Um, then we got Jose Arquidi Arquidi through life batting practice to Jeremy Pena and Jordan Alvarez on Tuesday. Just how we were saying about uh, Jordan earlier, that he was you know in the box for live batting live batting practice from Arquidi, so that's a good sign for sure. And then mm-hmm. we do got a roster move that's not, has not been official yet, but per Channel Rome, the expectation is that R- Ronald Blanco is caught up to the Astros squad. Now this is a tricky part for this one because the only way Renault Blanco is able to come in is if a pitcher is put in the IO because he got mm-hmm. he got demoted to the minor league. So he hasn't met the 15 days where he can get recalled back again. So it's just we don't know yet, right? Again, they said it's the expectation. We don't know if it's going to happen or not. It's just what you know the yeah. Astros beat uh, beat writers think will happen. So, and then if that happens, well, tell us what tell us what we might see. though.
0: all right. So let's get that preview going. Like Angel said, and we might see a player pitching that day. Uh, Dusty had set up his rotation for this series, and it was Framber Valdez being on Thursday. But of course, if I gotta tell you who we're playing against, they're playing against the Seattle Mariners. Of course, they know about the Seattle Mariners uh, from that ALDS. The Astros went over there to T-Mobile Park to play them earlier in the year. I think in May, uh, JP Francis debut game as well over there in the Emerald City. So the Mariners are forty-two and forty-two, barely a five-hundred team. Fourth in the AL West, five and five in their last ten games. Right now, they're riding a four-game winning streak, though. So that I mean, they're trying to do something. They're trying to build their. Um, you know, built their, know, not resume, but the <laughs> their record up, then they could kind of compete in the ALS and try to play for a wild card spot how they did last year. But like you said, Angel, Thursday seven ten start time, Jordan Alvarez bat flip bobblehead night. That's too. Um, he's not going to be able to see that. Well, he'll see it, but he won't be able to play on his bobblehead night. Um, but Angel, like he said, there could be Ronel Blanco starting for the Astros. We're not very sure, but we do know who they'll be playing on the other side of things, and that's George Kirby, 7-7 seven and seven with a 321 ERA. And if it is Blanco, his last start against the Rangers, five innings, four hits, three earned runs, four walks, two strikeouts. Um, like Angel said, there could be a strong possibility he could do and start for Thursday's game, but at the same time, too, they would have to put a pitcher on the I.O. So possible it could be a Christian Javier because Javier is shut down For the first half of the season, due to those crazy starts that he's been having, hopefully it's nothing serious and no, really nothing wrong with his arm, like injury-wise. That's the last thing the Astros need. But let's talk about George Kirby. I mean, this guy has had a good season so far. Uh, If you have not heard, he is an all-star. He is replacing Shane McClanahan in that reserve spot for the starters in the American League. But last outing versus the Giants, seven innings, two hits, two earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. The last outing he pitched against Houston, you got to go back to AOD as a game three, and he did really good against the Astros. There's no telling about that. Seven innings pitch, six hits, zero earned runs, zero walks, five strikeouts. His start prior to that, he had only given up two earned runs to the Astros. So this guy, um, I mean, he was in the top of the prospects in uh, the Mariners farm system for a reason, and he's just doing that for these M's. Thing with him too, dude. I mean, he's hardly gonna let anybody pass on the base. No four pitch walk, very, very, very low walk rate. Um, Breaking it down through the months: in March and April, he only had two walks total. In May, he only had four walks total. And in Bro, June, he great. only had one walk total. All Think about June. that. I mean, and all of June, you're having what? Oh, wow. That's about what four or five starts in a month. Yeah. You're only walking one guy. That's that's it's mind blowing. Anyway, very impressive. 2.2% walk rate, top 1% of the league. Like I said, he's going to hardly allow any of these base runners to get on. Great fastball velocity, great chase rate. There is a downfall on him, though. He has had a rough month of June. This is his worst month he's pitched so far this season. 391 ERA, 298 opponent batting average, and a 327 WOBA. But it's a new month. It's July He's going to be looking to do good, like how he did against the Giants, against the Astros. He's pitched well against the Astros. So the Astros are going to have to have a game plan for him coming on Thursday night. And then Friday, Friday night fireworks. Uh, I think Mattress Mag Bob will hit night as well. Um, it's going to be a great one for that day. 7 10 start time. Hunter Brown, 3 3 with a 313 ERA versus Luis Castillo, 5 6 with a 305 ERA. The Astros have seen a lot of Castillo, but let's talk about Hunter Brown real quick. Last outing at Texas, not the best start, not the best start from him. Four innings and a third, 10 hits, three earned runs, no walks. That's the the plus side of it because the command issues and things like that, zero walks. That's a good sign. And, of course, six strikeouts. He threw a lot of fastballs over the plate and missed above the zone. That's why there was a lot of hits, hit off of him, a lot of hard contact with that Texas Ranger lineup. That, like I said, it's an offensive juggernaut right there. Um, and the Rangers just did that. But there's an opportunity for a bounce back. This is going to be a good team. I mean, they have good players. You know, Daniel Suarez, T. Oscar Hernandez, uh, Julio Rodriguez. I mean, they're all good players on that team. Even though they're not playing at that potential that they thought they would have, still going to be a good offensive lineup to go against. And the Astros, on the other hand, are going to have to deal with Luis Castillo. He is also an all-star. Two all-star starting pitchers that the Astros will be seeing this four-game series. His last outing versus the Giants was not good. Six innings pitched, seven hits, six runs, four of them being earned, two walks, and six strikeouts. His last outing versus Houston, he did pitch against them in May of this year. Seven innings, five hits, four earned runs, one walk, five strikeouts. One of them home runs. Can you guess who it was?
1: Ooh, against the Giants?
0: No. Against the Astros.
1: Uh, Jordan Alvarez.
0: Jordan Alvarez. So Jordan Alvarez is not going to be able to see Luis Castillo in the M's as he continues to progressively get better. Luis Castillo, though, he's been having a little struggle on the road lately. 424 ERA allowed eight home runs, 315 on base percentage, and a 500 slugging percentage. Those eight home runs, okay, left-handed hitters equals the long ball. Them left-handed hitters love the long ball. Astros only have one left-handed hitter um, if they don't – well, they have – Bly Madras. That's what I was going to say right now. If they don't have Bly Madras in the lineup, they only have Kyle Tucker. But out of those eight home runs on the road, six of them were given to left-handed hitters. So there's a possibility we could see a King Tuck – bomb in the Kings court or even an opposite bomb to the coffee boxes. You never know. So, I mean, Luis could just dashes are going to have to continue on giving Luis Castillo a little struggle on the road. But in order to do that, they're going to have to do something about his fastball because his four-seam fastball has been great for him this season. 2022, he had a 32.9% usage of this pitch this year in 2023. Skyrocketed real quick to 44.8 percentage that has been used in his arsenal that's his top pitch uh 59 strikeouts the most by any pitch he has in his arsenal as well opponents hitting against the fastball 166 opponent batting average 36.8 with percentage off the fastball he is the 88 percentile of the fastball velocity and 90 percent with percentage of the percentile so them two stats I gave you with the percentiles that means great if you look At baseball savant it gives yeah. you a little bit More clear depth into that But that just gets to show you how Big and how Great his four-seam fastball is for him And the seattle mariners
1: Yeah that's a movement on that fastball for sure
0: Lots of movement probably a little riser As well a little chin music if you're two Inside the box onto the white chalk So Astros are gonna have To do something about that saturday 615 start time. We get to see Framber Valdez on the mound for the Astros. And he will be going against Brian Wu one and one with a 408 ERA. Obviously, Framber Valdez hasn't pitched this that last start that he was posted to in Texas, which was really good because the Astros took three out of four without their ace on the mound. Uh, but his last outing at St. Louis, if everybody remembered, I mean it wasn't a good one. Six innings, eight hits, four earned runs, one walk, seven strikeouts. Like I said. He skipped his start due to right ankle ankle soreness. The question I'm going to have for you, Angel, do you think this right ankle affects his performance against the Seattle Mariners? Do you think there's still a little bit of soreness or if there's, you know, a little bit of pain aching in that ankle for Valdez?
1: It's a possibility. We haven't really gotten as much clarity on the Astro side about how well he's feeling or what actually happened, but – I do know is that if he's hurting or he's hurt, they wouldn't be throwing him out there. So I don't think it's possible, but I don't think it will be. It don't give him much effect on his pitch. I think he has another fr- Framber Valdez type of day, uh, low, low pitch count, high innings pitched, and lots of ground balls. So again, on the Nationals, will be putting him out there if he's hurt.
0: Agree, and this start is prob- probably probably not going to allow him to pitch yeah. a lot in the all-star game. He was lined up for Thursday and Chandler Rome had tweeted, uh, it lines him out perfectly if he was going to start in the all-star game. But with this star being on a Saturday and the all-star game being on a Tuesday, I, I could maybe see an inning in the bullpen, you know, coming from the bullpen, but I, I highly doubt we'll see Framber Valdez, uh, pitch in the all-star game. So we'll have to see about that. Keep y'all posted about that. <laughs> Like I said, Seattle Mariners got Brian Wu on the other hand. Last outing versus the Giants. Six innings, three hits, two earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. That was his first, first career quality start. This guy, I mean, we don't know nothing about him. Astros don't know nothing about him. The Astros never faced him. Let's dive deep and let's see the numbers on what he has. He has a seven-pitch arsenal. Seven Seven pitches. Seven. Seven anyway forcing fastball sinker slider changeup cutter curve but the curve not that much that was used only one pitch uh 0.2 percent of it forcing fastball we see 52.9 percent His a 95 mile per hour average on it mid elevating high in the zone I, I i believe this is his best pitch 31.5 uh, with percentage 24 out of his 38 strikeouts came from the 14 fastball so it's a great possibility we're going to see that heavy dosage of that four seamer and then on the next pitch being the sinker which is almost the same pitch but you know obviously the sinker goes down has some downward movements with some inches riding on it 23.6 percent of the time 95 average uh being on his on his sink lefties lower in righties lower and out of the zone so all you have to do is just look at that slider 15.4% of the time. That's about an 83 mile per hour average change of 4.7, 89 mile per hour average, which I mean, 89 is pretty good for a changeup. I mean, that's almost in the nineties. Uh, and then lastly, cutter, 3.3% being 88 mile per hour average. So this is the first time the Astros are going to face them. Astros have done good against some pitchers that they've never seen and they have struggled against pitchers they have ever seen. So this is going to be an interesting matchup for the Astros to do, especially with Framber Valdez on the mound, could be a possible win. But last game of this series before they head out to Seattle, Sunday, 110 start time. You got Brandon Bielack on the mound versus Logan Gilbert, six and five with a 382 ERA. Like Angel was saying, like we had talked about earlier, his last time versus Colorado was magnificent. Uh, like I said, was probably the best pitching we've seen from him so far this season and probably, like I said, maybe his whole career. Uh, Angel, I mean, can we expect another start like this from Brandon Bielak against the Seattle Mariners? Like I said, that Mariners lineup is pretty good. Or, I mean, at least six innings. I mean, what do you think?
1: It's possible, but it's going to be a lot harder than Colorado, that's for sure. Um, This, how you were saying, the Seattle lineup is pretty good. They got tasco Hernandez, Julio Rodriguez, J.P. Crawford, these guys, Eugenio Suarez, these guys can hit. You know, there's like, there's no question about it. Um, I feel like if he follows the same game plan he did uh, this uh, this last start and he keeps the walks down, it could possibly be another repeat performance. But it'll be a lot harder for sure.
0: Yeah, it's going to be way harder. Uh, I mean, this Seattle offense. Remember, they came back from that Toronto game in the wild card, If everybody remembered game two, I believe. I mean. Came back and won that game, won that series. Got swept by the Astros, Sally. Anyway, Logan Gilbert, on the other hand, last outing versus the Giants. Nine innings, five hits, zero earned runs, zero walks, seven strikeouts. I mean, if you look at nine innings, that is a complete game. That is a shutout as well. So credit to him where it's due. I mean, he's a good pitcher. Uh, One of the top prospects, too, in their farm system about two years ago. Uh, But his last outing versus Houston, ALDS, game one. You got to go back to that game. And he was doing a great job against the Astros. If anybody remember, that's when Alvarez came back and won that game for the Astros. And Logan Gilbert was having a good game that time. Five inning and a third, five hits, three earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Last three starts against the Astros. He has pitched through six innings twice. Like I said, with that other outing uh, being the ALDS, it was a five and a third. Allowed the same exact amount of hits. Same exact, five hits being in each of them three starts. So that's that's pretty crazy. And then the last one being two to three earned runs as well. So he's going to be trying to stay in that gap of the two and three zone, but possible the Astros could do something different. Uh, Five-pitch arsenal as well. Fastball uh, 41.9% of the time, 95 miles per hour. Slider 27.2, 88.7 miles per hour. Curveball. 16.2% of the time, 81 split finger, 14.5%, 85 miles per hour, and sinker, 0.391 miles per hour. Angel, what's going to be the game plan going against Logan Gilbert? He just came off of a complete game, a shutout, one of the best games I'm pretty sure he's pitched in his career. What are the Astros going to have to do to have a good game plan and attack this guy?
1: Yeah. I feel the game time for the Astros is to jump on that fastball. He throws it the majority of the time. How you said 41%. It's about mid 90s. Um, that opponent batting average on the fastball is 302, so above 300. Now, all the other pitches, the opponent batting average is under 200. The slider, point one one ninety on the opponent batting average. His curveball, 0. 0.196 of the batting averages. And then split-finger, 1. like 128 batting average. So he, his off-speed pitches are really, really, really good. So I would say jump on that fastball and try to get ahead of the count so you can be, be in more fastball counts.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, just now talking about the overall series, uh, this is going to be a good series, I think. Yeah. I mean, Seattle's playing putting all their good starters in there. You got George Kirby, Luis Castillo, uh, Logan Gilbert. Them were their... I mean, well, at least Logan Gilbert and Luis Castillo were their game one, game two starters in that ALDS. And then game three was George Kirby, actually. So, I mean, they're facing their number one guys in their their rotation, the top three guys really being in that rotation. It's going to be a good test for this Astros uh, lineup as they do really well against, you know, top pitchers. I mean, sometimes the top guys get them, sometimes they don't. Uh, But a, a team like the Seattle Mariners right now, they're trying to be above water and compete for a playoff spot in that wild card and trying to catch up in that AOS division, because right now the angels are falling down. Mariners are trying to get back up. Obviously the Astros are trying to catch up to the Texas Rangers. Great series for both teams. I think, um, you know, this is like I said, it's going to be a great series, even for the Astros and for the Mariners before they head out to um, Seattle.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. It's more like a little playoff atmosphere, um, especially since they faced Seattle last year, but it is time for our MVP and hot take. So last week I had Tucker B-Lack, and Astros were outpitch the Rockies. I, I hate with like for sure. Mm-hmm. Tucker Tucker was kind of quiet this series. I like these uh, two sweet uh, these two games, he's kind of quiet. Like, were you gonna say something?
0: No, nah, I'm looking at his stats right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, one for five on Tuesday, one for four on Wednesday. So
1: no quiet. Yeah, two for eight. Yeah, didn't hit, and then the Astros <laughs> were outpitched the Rockies, which J- uh, JP France did an excellent job, and so did Belak. So, two out of three on that one. Bye bye.
0: Back on the board. Back on back the board, back on baby, the board,
1: for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, for my new my new MVP offensive MVP is gonna be Yannir Diaz. You just saw he had two hormones yesterday. He's been and at home he has he, been pretty good at home. He's he, like he loves those Crawford boxes, making them his home for sure. So I expect another great series for him. He's getting a lot more playing time in the DH, but I think he's proved himself worthy of catching as well. Um, he's good, um, not, not allowing runners to steal second base on him. My pitching MVP is Framber Valdez. I think he has a bounce back game. He's a little, a little bit more fresh too because he got that because he skips the start, so he has more days rest in between. So hopefully that's good for him as well. And then my, um, Hot take is Astros take three out of four of the storming red hot Mariners.
0: It's a good hot take because they're on a four K winning streak right now. If the Astros yeah. could cool them down and catch up in that division again. Number one, by all means, I'm up for it. But you already named yours. Uh, my offensive MVPs from last uh, episode we had. I had Jose Abreu. He did not hit. He did not hit. I'm not going to lie about that. JP France, stole the stash. Like I said, I can't bet against him. He did good. In a fifth quality start in a row for him. So hit on that one. And then Astro sweep the rocks. I said that in a mini sweep, as in this episode is called. Two out of three. I will take it any day of the week. New offensive and pitching MVPs. Here I go. I got Jeremy Pena. I haven't said Jeremy Pena in a yeah. good while, my man. We haven't talked about him in a good I while, know. but I think that game, that game that he came back, he had a home run. I think he was two for three. Or I two think his next final yeah.
1: had
0: yeah, two <laughs> Hey, I think he upgraded on his pillow, I wanna say. I don't know what kind of pillow. I don't know if it's a tempur Pedic or uh, one of them my pillows from them commercials.
1: I'm sure Mattress Mack hooked them up with a temper Pedic, so
0: I'm pretty sure. but We will have to see about that. Uh, that would be a good question to ask. What kind of pillows do you like to have? tempur I and mean, the ones that are cold. I think those are the ones that are pretty nice because, of course. Anyway, we're talking about pillows and everything like that. Jerry Pena, MVP for the offensive side of things. I think he's going to have a great series. Uh, of course, if you think back that ALDS game three being that 18-inning game, he had that home run to help the Astros advance to the ALCS. So being my MVP. I got Hunter Brown this one for my pitching. I think he's going to need a better outing from that last outing he had against the Rangers. He did get hit quite a bit against a good lineup like the Rangers, but this lineup against the Seattle Mariners, no you know, no telling with them. They are good. you know. If you look on paper, they have great names on there. At the same time, too, they have a lot of players that strike out. Uh, Julio Rodriguez being one, J.L. Kellnick, Teoscar Hernandez, and Eugenio Suarez lead them strikeout boards. I want to say in the American League for sure. So, Hunter Brown, this is a good opportunity, 12-6 curveball. That little Uncle Charlie going down, getting some dip action. Of course, that 91 slider and that four-seam fastball blowing it right by him. Hot take time. The Astros' bullpen will be a key factor to winning at least one game. At least one game. I think that bullpen's going to show out for one game. Of course, they've been taxed. But, hey, this is right here. You're crawling to that finish line. Basically, that finish line being the first half of the season for that all star break, give it everything you got. Don't blow out your arm, of course, but you know, give everything you got uh, to help this team win a game and be able to catch up to the Texas Rangers in the AOS division. So, that are my hot takes. I'm our MVPs. You like hopefully, you like you know, hopefully, we go three for three.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. That's, that's always a goal. Uh, now it's time for our overs and unders. We're keeping score actually, and it's nine to 10. Us up, But I did call it yesterday. I was like, I'll be yeah. I'm be one behind because that last one didn't hit for you, where starting yep. pitchers have more than 10 strikeouts this year, they had nine. So close, close dude. Close, close,
0: yeah.
1: Close. And uh, then Jose Abreu, we hit on that one. He had two hits, not three. like put a, a great pitching performance and Ashley scored more than nine runs. So then they scored what? Ten? Ten.
0: Ten. There you
1: go. Oh, barely. There. Barely. Now you just mentioned this great pitching uh, pitching matchups that, you know, you got named where the Astros are going against, Bruce Castillo, George Kirby, Brian Wu, and George Gilbert. So the first over and under is Astros will get more than 33 hits as a team. Against Colorado, they had 23 hits. Against the Texas Rangers, they had 35 hits. And against St. Louis, they had 36 hits. So are you taking the over or the under on that one?
0: Oh, man. that's Difficult one, honestly, dude, because like you were saying, they playing I mean they're playing some good pitchers. Um, Kirby, Castillo, uh Woo's really Wu I think, is underrated on that rotation. And of course, uh, the last one being Gilbert. I mean, I'm I'm gonna have to go under on this one. I think okay. wow. the offense, I mean, the pitching, it's gonna be a pitchers duel, but the Astros offense will just minimum of 33 hits. I think they can hit the 27 plus around that range, but I don't see them hitting over 33.
1: You know what? I'm going to go the over on this one. They're at Minute Park. They're at Minute Park. Those dimensions can get can sneak in some hits. You know, the Crawford boxes could easily t- turn a fly ball into a home run. And if you hit it in between those Crawford boxes and our field, you know, that wall play is kind of tricky. So mm-hmm. I'll go over 33 hits in that one. So, Love it. Yeah. The next one, Astros will hit six home run as a team again. Going back to that great pitching matchups. In Colorado, they only hit two home runs. In Texas, they hit seven. In St. Louis, they hit five. What do you think?
0: Oh, man, six home runs as a team. I'll go over, actually, with this one. I think the long ball, like I was saying, with the left-handed hitters going against, um, I think it was Castillo I was talking about, actually. Uh, I think that could be a factor for Kyle Tucker. I, I mean, Yiner Diaz was hitting the ball all over the Crawford boxes this series against the Colorado Rockies. Um, there's a possibility we could see Pena Abreu possibly could get into them Crawford boxes as well. So I'll actually take the over uh, with the Astros Hank six.
1: Okay. yeah, this is, this is a tough one for me. I want to say under. I really do. But I'm going to go <laughs> over as well. I feel like over is just like I feel like it's going to be five, but I'm going to risk it and so over as well. Again, gotcha. yeah, those Crawford boxes can make, you know, a ball turn to a like I just said earlier. Um, this next one, do you think Framber Valdez pitches over six innings? He's coming um, back from an injury. He missed a start. He has been the most reliable pitcher for the Astros so far. What do you think Framber Valdez pitches over six innings?
0: I'll go over on this one. I think he does um, – I think Framber wants to get back on that mound too ASAP, especially before they go to the All-Star break, before LaGrasa gets all his uh, little suit going with the chain and the glasses. I mean, he, I already know he has an outfit ready uh, for this All-Star game. It's like a red carpet show for them to go out and be, you know, looking fly and everything like that. But, yeah, over six innings, I feel confident this is the guy you want the mound, especially if it's uh, – a series like this against the Seattle Mariners.
1: Yeah, that was an easy one for me too. Over, like, got it. Even if it's six and one third, he still went over. So <laughs> <laughs> that was an no easy one. Now, I don't think we'll see Jose Altuve this series, so that means Dubon most likely is going to get the majority of the playing time. But you might see Greg Kessinger a sneak in the start, um, or even Black Vladimir at DH or something. Oh,
0: yeah, and Many shout out to him too. He got his first career home run. Oh, yeah, mini great shout out. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I yeah. forgot great about
0: that. Set in the multi hit game, too. So, a little mini shout out right here during our over under segment.
1: For sure. So, knowing that information, do do you think DuBon records five hits this series? So, if it's five, you hit, over obviously, you hit. So, five hits or more.
0: I'll go over on this one. Uh, Doobie has been hitting the ball really good since that St. Louis and even the Rangers series. Uh, I think he was a little quiet against the Colorado Rockies. Like I said, I was not in Houston to see these games. But, I mean, Doobie is going to be that guy to rely on, especially with Doobie out. And he's done really good in clutch situations. When it, you need you need an RBI single or double to tie the game or make it a one-run game, I think that's the guy. So I, I'll go actually over with five hits uh, for Dubon.
1: Yeah, he had four hits in these two games. Yeah, so I Colorado. could see,
0: I, I could see five. He, I mean that, that that batting average two is looking good. I think it's what at, at least a two ninety. I would say two ninety two eighty something, two ninety two. Yeah, 292. I, I mean, I mean he did get snubbed on the All Star game, not being a right in. But hey, Doobie, continue on. I think he'll get the over on five.
1: Yeah, I'll go over two. So, ho- nice. ho- so hoping to be hoping to be tied, uh, on this end that. for next time. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah, that was the what the the Astros will get more than 33 hits as a team. Yeah. So, yeah, Angel's yeah. riding with the over. I'm riding on the under on that one. Hey, maybe the Astros proved me wrong. And next thing you know, me and Angel are
1: Yeah, could be. But moving on to around the league. So, there's a bunch of things happening around the league, especially since the All-Star break is coming up. So, first, we have some Major League All-Star replacements for the injured players. You know, they were reeled. Your very own Kyle Tucker replaces Mike Trout. Unfortunately, my child got hurt. Then he got hit in the hand. He had uh, I mean, he's gonna be out for four to six weeks on that. So Kyle Tucker is an All Star. I think, which I think is well deserved. He had a really good season.
0: Yeah, he I mean, he's a... really had a good month of June, dude. I mean, that yeah. um, I was looking at his average, and I'm like, oh my God, this guy's hitting 293.
1: Yeah, 293. He was hitting
0: 260 something the other time I checked. And next thing you know, I'm like, wow, 293. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Well deserved. Yeah. I
1: think he has what 55 RBIs,
0: yeah. He tied with uh, I believe yeah, him and Bregman 55. or just him, Alvarez tied with Alvarez. Which I mean, man, that's crazy. If we hit the Nationals had Alvarez could be at the 70s right now,
1: yeah. And he has 13 home runs, so I mean, pretty good season so far. And then Julio Rodriguez, who you'll see this upcoming series, replaces Jordan Alvarez, George Kirby again, who you'll see pitch replaces Shane McC- McClanahan. David Belch, uh, David Betner replaces Shane Kershaw. Wander Franco replaces Aaron Judge. That was your, uh, you were My saying snub. that he got snubbed. Yeah, yeah. So he he found his way to the All Star break replacing Aaron Judge. So those are your few other All Stars that will be named.
0: Two more things okay. I want to add on real quick. Yeah. Um, since we're on the All Star game topic, one did you see David Bender sent a thing of Pittsburgh local brewery beer to, uh The Dodger dugout the Dodgers and the Pirates were playing this past series and David Bender sent a cooler of beer Berg, I don't know their brewery out there, but um, He he took some beer to the Dodger dugout and left a note for Clayton Kershaw for letting him be in the all-star game I thought that was pretty funny Um, Yeah, and then my and my last one real quick I did say Wander Franco was snub. Now he's on the All-Star roster. How about Fernando Tatis Jr.? I mean, he's um, he's on the top list right now for DRS, which means defensive runs safe. And he's played a good right field so far this season for the Padres. I mean, plus, I mean, the power numbers look good, too. The RBIs look good. Uh, but, yeah, I think he could have been a guy to be in that spot.
1: Yeah, I mean... He leads the Padres in batting average 287. He has uh, 16 home runs, and that's leading the Padres as well, and that's with him missing a little bit part of the season like, early on too. So, yeah, I mean, there's a possibility. I think he leads the Padres in slugging as well at 532. So, I mean, he's come back strong. I think that suspension kind of ruined that for him a little bit, you know, where maybe, like, the like whoever picks the All-Star uh. You know, we're just looking elsewhere. That could have been a big factor as well. But we do have some news from an AOS team, and the angels have fallen. They have been they some of their wings have been cut as you heard as you heard. Mike Mike Charles being replaced in the all-star break, and that's because he fractured his handmade bone in his left hand, and he'll be out to August. He's about four to six weeks. I think he had surgery on that one. Anthony Rendon fouls a ball off his legs and leaves the game Tuesday. Left the clubhouse on crutches with a bruised shin. So whenever you're leaving on crutches, that's never a good sign. And then Shohei Otani exits the mound with a trainer on Tuesday with a right middle finger blister, and he won't pitch in the All-Star game. Now, these are basically the Angels' best players, and they're injured. That's not that good. But speaking Mm -hmm. of that, did you see what – juan soto said about shohei otani when he was being interviewed about that upcoming
0: series i actually did i was shocked that he said yeah. that and um, i mean it was just crazy because i mean you're talking about one of the best players being shohei otani and then next thing you know you have juan soto coming up and saying hey this offensive lineup is going to do good because the padres have been struggling this month so i mean it, it's crazy what he had said and Sure enough, I mean they put five earned runs on uh, Shohei Ohtani. But Ohtani was dealing with the blisters, so yeah. it was crazy. So I got I got a little dog in the background. So sorry about that to everybody.
1: I <laughs> sure saw Juan Soto barking over there, at Shohei Ohtani. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a good one. That is a good one.
1: But yeah, the Angels, you know, I think they're below ex- like they have and below expectation. I feel like this year, especially how they came out firing last year, like. Especially like uh, I feel like they thought this would be like their year to make a run for the division. So I don't know. I I think I'm a little firm believer that if they fall way off competition, they will be setting Shohei Otani. Because I mean, why lose him for free when he can get some top prospects for him as a rental? So so that's
0: right. why I was gonna ask you too. Like yeah. I mean, do you think if you're in the Angels GM position right now, do you go and just say, you know what, let's go? He's on the trade market. Just throw your offers at me. Or do you try to play it as much as you can? Of course, you know, Angel fans love Shoei Ohtani out there. Um, Do you just give them the benefit of the doubt of, you know, being able to see that one last time before he chooses another team?
1: Yeah, this is where it gets tricky because of that third wild card spot because I feel like, you know, playoffs is like football, like any given Sunday, right? Yeah. Yeah, all you have to do is be in. Like, just look at – um, the Nationals, who were a wild-card team and beat the Dodgers, they beat Atlanta, and they surprised everybody, right? All you have to do is get in. It's like surviving yeah. advance, right? So if the Angels are contending for that third wild-card spot, maybe the second, I don't think they sell them. But if they're falling off where they're not catching up to, you know, the, the division or that wild-card spot, they trade. They trade. Because, I mean, that just makes you sense to. to me. Yeah, that mm-hmm. Because you like there's a chance you might lose them like again, we're talking about early on, and like before the season start the Dodgers didn't spend any money this uh past off season, you know yeah. the Yankees always be getting money out of nowhere, so there's gonna be some big clubs <laughs> that are gonna be you know sp- spending a lot on Shohei Tani. so. And then there's always a possibility yeah. you pull uh, Yankees with a road Chapman. He got traded to the Chicago Cubs as a rental and then the Yankees came back and signed him again. So they got Gleyber Torres yeah. and they got a road Chapman back. So, yeah, again, if you can get a whole lot of prospects to still be, you know, competitive for him, I say do it.
0: Yeah, if I'm the GM, I'm doing that. You know, I'm sorry to all the fans that want him to stay in Anaheim, but you got to try to get something for him. you got to get something in return because if you think about it, if you let this play out and the Angels, you know, next thing you know, Shohei Ohtani hits free agency and he doesn't come to Anaheim, that is not one destination. And the destination is going to be a contender team. So, like okay. the Dodgers, the Mets, Astros. which shocking right now, the Mets, how they're playing. Uh, like you said, Astros, Yankees. He's going to go to a contending team. So, you, you better try to get – Whatever you can in a you know good load of prospects for him, I think. Yeah.
1: And what and is not be a surprising uh bucket load of prospects and be going if they do trade him. And you know, Joe Hutton's gonna cash in, he, uh, would you, cash would in. you
0: okay, would you do it for a rental, just for that one time? Like let's just say, you know, I'm just saying the Astros because of course they need a DH hitter right now, and Otani could be that pitcher too. I mean if, if you're the Astros would you do that would you throw your whole farm system for him?
1: Why not? I, just, I,
0: <laughs> I think I mean yeah I I agree too. I mean it would be good but at the same time too you're like damn. We let all our prospects go now we got to start from scratch and we're like the rank the we're going to yeah. be ranked 30th in the MLB pipeline. So
1: I mean if you're going to do it I think like if a team's going to be committed like that to Otani where they give up internal prospects. You have to be committed to re-signing him because, again, like you said, you're giving up a whole bunch, like your whole basically future. So you also don't want to be a team like the Nationals where they win a World Series and fall off the Red Sox, right? You you, you don't want to do that. So if you're going to do it, you're going to be ready to start saving your pennies and, you know, getting ready to sign uh, Shohei Otani. But The Yankees, again, yet another suspension. I feel like they have been the most suspended team so far this season. Both, I guess both New York teams. Them and the Mets. Yeah, Yeah. both New York teams. (laughs) Uh, Yankees pitcher Jimmy Cordero has been suspended for violating MLB's domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy. I didn't really go into detail of which one it was, but I believe it's domestic violence. Um, Mm -hmm. He is suspended for the remainder of the year, including – the postseason. So again, there's no, I feel like there's no room for this anywhere. Not like not just in baseball, just anywhere. Like this shouldn't happen. Um, so I mean, I- I'm glad MLB's taking you know, cause, like do- making the suspension happen because that's yeah initiative that's not, about yeah. this situation. Yeah, like we shouldn't be having this conversation about someone being no. suspended for this. So definitely. Um, but ending on a on a high note, the home run derby. I feel like this is one of the, yeah. like the football hazard Provo uh, basketball hazard slam dunk Three competition. But, up, you know? Yeah, but I think nothing beats the home run derby. It's just guys hitting baseball. Guys, uh, hitting dudes ba- being dudes. Yeah, hitting baseballs over the fence is really. I don't know. It's just it's fun to look at. But here are your competitors. So the number one seed, and I think. I, I forgot, R- remind me, did I say that I want to see Luis Robert Jr. in the Home Run Derby last? Or
0: the I believe so. I believe so. He did say because of um, him hitting a lot of home runs, and I think he's like second in MLB. And shockingly, I mean, he's done really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Simple as yeah, that.
1: Okay. I think I did. I don't know why he just rung a bell. So He's actually the number one seed. <laughs> Luis Robert Jr. Wow, number, number one, seed. one seed. He'll be going against the number eight seed Adley Rush- Rushman. Number two seed the polar bear Peter Alonso going against the seven seed Julio Rodriguez. The, the number the, the third seed Mookie Betts going against the six seed Vladimir Guerrero. Wow. And then the four seed Adonis Garcia going against the five seed Randy a pair of Cuban. Cubanos. Native, well, pair of Cubanos. Yep. Yeah. So I put the bracket for us on our outline So, who do you think goes to the final round, and who do you think takes it? Man,
0: dude, I mean, this is a good one. I'm not gonna lie. Let let us I want to break down like one. Okay, let okay. Real quick, I'll do my final round. Then I want to ask you something. Um, I got. Oh man, I got Bombi. I got uh, Dolis Garcia going to the final round. And man, that that other side, dude. It looks stacked, and it looks good. But oh man. You know what? Give me, give me Vladdy jr. I think upsetting it's going to be Pete him. Alonso. upsetting Pete Alonzo. If you remember the 2019, they were slugfest over there at Cleveland, him and Alonzo for that final round. I mean, that was a good one, but uh, give me your final round predictions, dude.
1: I would say, you know what? I was kind of le- leaning toward Vladimir Guerrero too in that, um, on the other side of the bracket. And on the other side, Luis Robert. I think he has, a, like again, a natural home run swing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. that R- Randy Rosarena and those Garcia matches to be good. That was going to be fun to watch. Yeah, that's going to be fun to watch. I'll say Luis Robert against Vladimir Guerrero. And then Adam Guerrero Jr. takes it.
0: Oh, I didn't even put mine. mmm yeah, I think Guerrero takes it. Nah, let me go on the other side. Let me go Dolis. I know I don't want us to pick the same person. I'll go Dolis on this one. I think. Uh, I mean, I think he has a good swing, dude. He's so strong too. But the matchup I want to talk about is Alonso and Rodriguez. I feel like that one's gonna be a slugfest, like, okay. cause Julio Rodriguez, you remember, he was in the finals last year with Juan Soto, and of course you can't go wrong with Big Me Pete. I mean, Pete Alonso's a freaking He's a two time home run derby champion, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, sh- mean, I mean, I
0: mean, go ahead, go
1: I ahead. Think, I think him and Vladi have that natural home run swing where they just like it's like a flick of the wrist and it's already going down the center field wall, like you know, it's just yeah, it'd be crazy. No, but, it's, but
0: how, go ahead. I was about how I was gonna say real quick, how about that though? I mean, Robert Jr. being the number one seed, Alonzo being the number two seed. And not just that, Vladimir Carrero Jr. being the sixth seed. I thought that was crazy.
1: Well, let me see. I want to see how many home runs the, they got. Hold up. I'm gonna look that up right now.
0: I mean, but the matchups, I mean, they're 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 really good. I, I like the Robert Jr. Rutschman one because Rutschman is a sophomore this year, playing his second year in the big leagues. And then Robert Jr., you do you wouldn't have to expect him being in the home run derby. And then I like you were saying with the Rosa Reina and Adoles Garcia, I think that was gonna be an underrated one to watch, honestly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, Alonzo and Robert are actually tied with 25 home runs. Mm. So
0: I would have um, gave I, it to Alonzo, though. I would have given it to him.
1: Well, my guess is that Luis Robert got to 25 home runs first, and that is why he is the number one seed.
0: And I was going to say, or is it because of the record? Which record sucks? Is it in the Mets or the White <laughs> oh, Sox?
1: How many home runs <laughs> does Vladimir Guerrero have? Because I see that... Randy Rosarino has 16 home runs, and he's the number five seed.
0: Man, I'm not sure.
1: I'm trying to find it right now.
0: I remember they said he hit oh, the first home run on Roger Center like just a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago.
1: Garo has 13 home runs, which wow. is surprising. Yeah.
0: yeah, very surprising.
1: And then Julio Rodriguez. I didn't see him come up.
0: I think he has I 13, too. 13? Did I pass him up? I think so. I could be wrong. I, I, I'm not looking at the stats right now. But oh yeah, I think
1: 13,
0: 13, right? 13, yeah, 13. Man, it should be a fun one, dude. I'm very excited to see how that matches up and see who takes it. I'm, I'm shocked Juan Soto is not going to be in it this year. You would think they would have the guy that is going to be uh, putting his title on the line to, you know, participate in it. But
1: do you think if Oh uh, Johnny doesn't get a blister, he participates in a home run derby? I mean, he leads the league at home runs with 31.
0: Did he do? Oh, he did it in twenty twenty one. I remember that. I was there for that one, and that one was very disappointing. <laughs> he, he was out in the first round. Uh, but yeah, I think he could have done it actually because this was these two guys being Robert Junior and who was the last one? Uh, Adolis Garcia. That was the last minute. I want to say that was just yesterday that they announced him. Yeah. Oh, so, well, I think Adolis. Uh, yeah, yesterday. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So Adol, I think uh, Shohei, like you were saying, with that blister injury on either Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever day he had it. Yeah, it could have. I mean, I mean, I'm not 100% sure, though.
1: And then Matt Olson would have been fun to see. He has 29 home runs so far.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, and the All-Stars are going to be out there. Them stars, you are saying Matt Olson's going to be out there. Acuna going to be out there. I mean, all of them guys are going to be out there. And like I said, I'll be out there. Just uh, I don't know what game I'm going to. I don't know if I'm going to catch the Home Run Derby or the All-Star game. It's just kind of a toss-up in the air, so. I will be on the lookout to see how that goes. But like I said, I'll be out there. I might have some giveaways. If I approach you, you're a Nationals fan. Of course, I'm going to have to give you a Nationals question. Like I said, I'll give you out some questions and things like that. But I think that's all for our show, Angel. I mean, this was a long one. We're talking about the preview, of course, and then we got a little ahead of ourselves being on the home run derby matchup. I think we, we both enjoyed that. But continue to follow us at our podcast platform, Spotify, Google, Apple, all those podcasts, wherever you get them. Uh, continue to follow us at Full Seam Ahead on Twitter and on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as we're continuing to try to get as much uh, subscribers as we can on their Instagram as well. FSA and not at Full Seam Ahead, but FSA Full Seam Ahead. Since Full Seam Ahead was taken as your name, that's barely new. Trying to get to 100. If we get to 100, we'll do another uh, giveaway out there for Instagram. And another one we just uploaded, Thread. That, that's a new app. Anyone want to tell them? Yeah. Tell everybody about that real quick.
1: Yeah, so we just got with threads. Um, it's basically like a Twitter. Um, yeah. We get to talk about topics, retweet, well not retweet, but repost. Like you know, so uh, follow us on there as well.
0: Yeah, brand new. So we're getting them followers going. Big things are hidden. Big things are coming. I don't know when we want to announce it, but we will announce it soon. Something not not big big, but it's something big. Something major, yeah. Something Something major, major, major major killer like DJ Khaled says. But that is all for our show. Enjoy anything else before I sign off.
1: No peace. Thank you for listening, and you know, we'll see y'all one more time before the All Star break, and then after the All Star break,
0: definitely. So we will talk to y'all after that. Um, We'll recap that last that last uh, series, like we're talking about with the Seattle Mariners, and then off to Seattle. So we'll talk to y'all then. Stay safe out there. Peace.